Beer with Buffy is a retro-analytical love roast of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If you'd like to support our show financially, you can find us on patreon.com slash beerwithbuffy. Don't forget to review us on iTunes if you like what you hear. I was told you were coming. The competition is a beautiful thing. We're Slayer's girlfriend, the chosen two. Why should we let him take off? Gosh, I'm feeling chipper. <laughs> Who's for a root beer? Jeez. I don't like vampires. We'll take a stand and say they're not good. Fucking fantastic. I love that sound. Uh, the ice cream bar is this way. And we're here again. Yeah. Finally. Right? Boy, we yeah. are off our rockers this week. <laughs> Welcome to Beer with Buffy. I'm Rex. I'm Josh. Today we are reviewing episode 20 of season three, The Prom. Hey, Josh. Yes, Rex? What do you think this episode's going to be about? I mean, <laughs> probably grocery shopping in Vietnam. That's what I was thinking. That's what I always think of when I think of the prom, too. Definitely. <laughs> um, whew. I hate job interviews, Rex. I hate job interviews as well. I think it should be fucking illegal to make somebody think that they have a job to get them to make a decision that they want that job instead of a different job that they stupidly brought up at the interview, but then you don't get that fucking job? Yeah. I should be able to sue for fucking damages. But anyway, positive vibes, positive yeah, vibes. Yeah, positive vibes. Unicorns, kittens, puppies. Edgar. Yep, I said kittens. He's not a kitten, though. A very specific cat that is currently in the room. He's a floofy cat. Sir Edgar Allen Purr. Mr. He's not knighted. Okay. Dr. Edgar Allan Purr? No. He is the master floof. <laughs> he did not go all the way through to get his masters in floofiness for you to not call him the master floof. I mean, I thought formal full names would be enough, but Jesus Christ, you have very high standards for this cat. I'm not sure I can really... The, it's his name, okay? It's his name. His name... Is the master floof, Mr. Al Mr. Edgar Allan Purr. All right. Well, I just can't keep up here. I'm going to have to ask you to print <laughs> off some name tags. He would not wear a name tag. I can barely get him to wear a damn collar. All right. Well, at least commission somebody to, like, write a tabloid article about your cat. <laughs> and then I can take it seriously, okay? Okay. <laughs> so if you're a fan and want to write a tabloid article about my cat... Write a tabloid article about my cat and email it to us. I said commission, not... If they want to do it, they can do it. Hey, if you're an artist and you want to work for free, call Beer with Buffy at 269-743-0783. Ask for Rex. I'm going to change the voicemail so that it says, if you'd like to verbally abuse Rex, here's his personal phone number, which I don't know off the top of my head. Good. So I won't be broadcasting that just now at this very point in time. I would be very upset if you did that. I'll just have to edit it in later. Don't. <laughs> All right, Josh, how about a mom synopsis? I can probably deliver that. <laughs> probably, right? Probably. I, I'm sure of one thing. I definitely can't. Joshua! What are you doing, Joshua? Oh, just being unemployed and failing in interviews, you. 
Well, I just got done breaking up with my boyfriend before he breaks up with me. Then I'm going to start raising my chihuahua to be a devil dog that hates rich people. You know, Mom, not every mom synopsis has to be an allegory for the episode that we just watched. Well, then what the <laughs> hell am I supposed to do? <laughs> I don't want to feel useless. I want to be... I want to be a useful part of this podcast, Joshua. All right, all right, I'll, I'll give you that one then. I haven't even seen the episode. What's going on? It, it looks like Buffy's having a lovely time at the prom. <laughs> yeah. Well, for a change, it looks like you kind of just nailed down the entire plot of the episode. Angel says it's not you, it's me, and decides to fuck off because he's got another TV show to do. And Buffy saves the prom from... Some monkey-looking hellhounds. And, uh, you know, I thought they were uh, just a bunch of little Ozes, but they're not. No. Other than that, I think that's the core of the episode right there. So, you know, just to jog your memory a little bit. Yeah, I bet you could use a good jog, Joshua. (laughs) Did you just make a fat joke at me? (laughs) I mean, you made enough at me when you were growing up. Ouch. Yeah, shit. Um, I deserve that. Karma, man. Karma. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, spiny-headed little creatures. As soon as the sun goes down, 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 down. As the sun goes down, 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 down. Competition is a beautiful thing. Cold open. The episode opens at Angels, where Buffy is asleep, and Angel is watching her sleep. And it's not creepy. It's not creepy at all. I was really expecting... totally romantic. Completely. (laughs) (laughs) Completely romantic. (laughs) I'll do anything you say, I swear to God. (laughs) Well, that just turned into a weird, dark web fetish film real quick. Yeah. Anyway. But Buffy does think that it is actually romantic. Yeah, I'd completely expected her to wake up really startled. And then she didn't. No, and she's only concerned that Angel's place is not particularly girl friendly. Yeah. There's no mirrors. She needs fucking drawers. What are you what are you gonna bring you gonna bring a goddamn toothbrush with you next time, Buffy? Why don't you start moving couches in? Why don't you pick out curtains together? Huh? Oh, he has plenty of curtains though. Yeah, he can this man can pick out his own damn curtains, alright? A man deserves to pick out his own <laughs> curtains. To be fair, though, he really only has one option for curtains, and that's black curtains, because they have to block out the sun. Yeah, they kind of have to save his life. So, real good work, Buffy, when you carelessly are just like, oh, what time is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God! First off, why the fuck is his bed in a position where just opening the curtain can fry him in his sleep? Yeah, that's, you know, he needs to fire his interior designer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Buffy does need to move in and set up some fucking curtains and do a better job than he has. Yeah, do interior designers have anything to do with furniture placement or is it really more just like wall decorations and color palettes? I have honestly no fucking clue. Yeah, why the fuck am I asking you? No, no, maybe, maybe he needs a feng shui artist. Yeah, feng shui, huh? I yeah. know, right? <laughs> like, I totally know what that is. But yeah, Buffy... Like, you guys. <laughs> this must be feng shui. No, Shaggy, you can't eat it. <laughs> ah, shucks. 
During the scene, Buffy does talk about the prom a little bit, and Angel is very much not pleased about the idea of the prom. But also, for some reason, Angel's place has no fucking clock. Oh, yeah. He pretty much shuts down, like, the second she brings up the prom. And he's like, uh, you know, I just remembered this thing in Australia that I have to go do. <laughs> I just remembered I left my old coffin there. And it's going to take me, like, a hundred years to get it back. At um, least. I got to get on that. <laughs> But also, apparently, why the fuck does Angel's place not have a fucking clock? Um, he has electricity. All right, Angel has a huge clock, okay? Don't you even question Angel's clock abilities. His a clock abilities? Angel has such an amazing clock that what? when he told Buffy the time, he lost his soul, okay? And she was like, oh, your clock <laughs> so it's so huge. I, I, I think you might be confused at what the definition of a clock is. I think you're confused, Rex. <laughs> I know so. Opening credits. <laughs> Opening credits. Cut to the school where Anya begins to talk to Xander. So I... There's this has got to be the weirdest way to be asked to go to prom ever. Also the coolest. <laughs> right? <laughs> As I'm really on board with Xander here. He's like, I don't know if I'm... Specifically the line is, Anya says, men are evil. Will you go with me? Talking about the prom. And Xander says, you know, one of us is very confused and I don't know which. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> that was actually, I picked one line to sum up this whole scene and that was it. You just said it. That's the whole scene. And you know what? Anya's not really wrong. She's not wrong, no. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Um, so later at a picnic table, everyone's all like, Anya, huh? And he's like, yeah, yeah you know, demon, sure, whatever. I don't remember what he said, but... Well, Oz is like, Anya, huh? Interesting choice. <laughs> and Xander replies, choice is kind of a broad term for my situation. <laughs> Yeah, that's pretty much it for the scene. Mm, yeah, so some Buffy says something about having a kick dress. I don't know what a kick dress is. I suppose I, I could have looked it up. Do you know? Was the line kick dress? That's what it said in the transcript, anyway. And that's what it sounded like to me. What did you hear? I mean, I watched, I watched it a few days ago, and I didn't write down a note on that line, so I don't remember. So she's talking about her dress. Everybody's talking about their dresses and tuxedos. And Wait, are we too young for the lingo that they used <laughs> we might be we were in junior yeah we were in junior high Probably. going into high school at, at, during this time um well no or, actually i was i started high school in 98 so, so yeah like you were in high school at this time but i was a freshman while a they freshman. were seniors and that never works and they're in california but anyway, Buffy's bragging about her kick dress, and she's like, Angel's going to lose it, but not his soul. He's going to lose it, his it. And I thought that was funny. Yeah. Anyway, so sell on up, everybody. Welcome to Broodyland. I hope you punched your <laughs> express line ticket to ride a teacup shaped like Angel's pecs across the firm <laughs> but curvaceous terrain called V-Land. <laughs> 
because you don't want to have to wait all day in the hot sun, or even for a second, really, if you're Angel, for all of the broodiness. Tea they cup. just stick it right in your veins the second you walk through the gate. Teacup shaped like Angel's pecs. That is correct. That's a good one. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyway, so we're at his Angel's Mansion, and Joyce shows up. Yeah! I'm kind of surprised that Joyce knows where Angel lives. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and I felt like the one line that really summed up this scene... Or, okay, no, this is a, this is a paraphrase. Sometimes I'd pick a real line, sometimes a paraphrase. I have a solid paraphrase of this scene. Yeah? Would you like to hear it? Joyce tells Angel to fuck off. I stopped making this about you, Rex. I was just saying that I have a paraphrase about this scene. Fine. What's your paraphrase about this scene? Well, it was pretty much that Joyce said, hey, Angel, you need to fuck off. Yeah. So. I mean, what other paraphrasing <laughs> of the scene could you possibly have? I'm glad we agreed on that. So she's like, yeah, I'm going to have to ask you to fuck off, Angel. We got a spinoff to make and we just can't do it here. <laughs> So I did like the little bit where Joyce comes in and she's like looking around and like admiring his place and her fucking eyes zoom in and like bulge out of her head when she sees the fucking chains on the wall. Right. (laughs) She's like, oh, no. Oh, my. (laughs) (laughs) She knows what those are for. Right. Yeah. No, George Takei was just sitting there. Just waiting for her to see those. And he was like, oh my. <laughs> I just love the family circus. That, that, that EJ. Voice tower. That, that, that EJ. Longer than you can imagine. Never, never, everyone's a win, win, winner, winner, winner. Never have the chance, never have the chance. Everyone's a winner. That's sunshine and roses. It really is. Next scene is the library. Where Buffy and Willow are talking about dresses. Yay, dresses. Specifically, they're talking about getting Willow a dress, because she doesn't have a dress yet. Giles' mind is in the Hellmouth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because uh, Xander's like, well, don't tell me those pages from the Book of Ascension are useless. And he says, on the contrary, no. We, uh, we know the Ascension refers to a human transformation into a demon, the living embodiment of an immortal... And graduation day, our Mayor Wilkins is scheduled to do just that. And that's, yeah, that's... But unfortunately, they don't know what demon he's supposed to turn into. And apparently, there's a different ascension for every demon. Right. Wesley wants everyone to focus on the task at hand and not prom. But he doesn't really have a whole lot of backbone in this because he's also chaperoning the prom. And... This raises some questions. Yeah. He doesn't work for the school. Hmm. He's not a librarian. He's got to have some... There's no fucking reason that he would chaperone with Giles. I mean, no, they'll they'll let any fucking parent that wants to chaperone whatever the fuck they want to as a volunteer. Are you telling me they wouldn't be like, oh, who's, who's your kid? Absolutely. All I'm saying is having some random non-parent person wanting to chaperone your prom just means that they're going to start hitting on students. And Wait, guess what happens? Does he start hitting on students? Yes. Rex? He with, hits on and dances with a student. He does. And completely with the go-ahead of a fucking member of the faculty. 
Do you want random people dating your students? Because this is how you get random people dating your students. Uh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Oh, wow. Man, you were just really accusatory there. And I have a habit of feeling like I'm being accused when people do that. So, excuse me. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, Giles is slightly pissy about talking about dresses. And Buffy thinks that they deserve a night off. So they're all like, prom, 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 tux dress, tux dress. And this, for a change, is actually one of my quotes of the day, because I think it's hilarious. Giles says, And I myself will be wearing pink taffeta, as Chanel would not go with my complexion. Can we please talk about the ascension? <laughs> like, that's just good old-fashioned Giles wit right there, goddamn. Yep. And then we cut to some creepy house that probably one of my family members would live in. Yeah, where there's a demon dog in a kennel. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want chihuahuas to start attacking people at Walmart? Because this is how you get chihuahuas to start attacking people at Walmart. Okay? Why are we keeping demons in shitty dog kennels? They can't even hold pit bulls. You know, I actually felt like these hellhound demon things looked like the goblins from Lord of the Rings. Yeah? Yeah. I think, uh, like, a lot like them. The goblins? Yeah, the goblins. Not not the orcs. Not the orcs. No, okay. the goblins. Definitely goblins, hmm. specifically. You know, it's been so long since I've watched Lord of the Rings. It's been a while for me as well. I used to fall asleep to the first movie, like, every night for, like, a year. <laughs> I started out legitimately trying to watch the movie and I could just never make it all the way through. And I finally was like, I know I'm just going to fall asleep, but I'm pretending that I'm actually trying to watch the movie. It just became a sleep aid. Thank you, Lord of the Rings. Thank you, Peter Jackson. Good job. I The last time I watched them was many, many years ago. My brother and his friend and I watched all three extended editions. Ha! I did that with a girl once. You'd think that would be enough time for me to make a move. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> That's what I was trying to think of a joke for, and I couldn't come up with one. Literally, like the whole fucking day, 12 fucking hours. This was the extended <laughs> versions. Yeah, it's about 12 hours. Four DVD box set of each damn Jesus. movie. Yeah. I think because it was so long to watch all four of them, I just have never had the desire to do it again. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're not really missing much. Anyway, from there, we cut to a dream sequence. Yeah, welcome to Dream Church, where all of your dreams don't come true. Um, And I have to say, when I wrote down Buffy and Angel are getting married... The ampersand that I wrote in my notes is fucking beautiful. Oh, good Have for you. Have you ever made a symbol or something in your notes and you just have to take a moment and go, holy shit, that looks really fucking good. No, I never have that experience, but thank you for sharing. But we should cut that out and we should mail it to either Sarah Michelle Geller or David Boreanaz. Anyway, it's an empty church where they're getting married. I guess they didn't want to pay for extras. <laughs> well, it also kind of added to the dreamlike nature of the event. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And they're married now, and they're walking towards the sunlight. And Angel's decidedly unhappy about this. Yeah, well, you know, as he should be. And as they step out, damn you, Joss Whedon, with your subversion, Buffy goes, 
poof! And it's Angel's Dream. I was really not expecting it to be Angel's Dream. I thought it was Buffy's Dream. It's always been Buffy's Dream. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> huh. Now that you mention it. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't really sure if uh, vampires dreamt, but now we know. Yeah, now we know. And the more you know. And cut to the sewer. Where Angel and Buffy... Uh, my ampersand this time was not as good. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> hey there, little kiddos. I hope you kept your punch card for a second ride around the Angel teacups because the other <laughs> one was just a fucking warm-up. All right. So the full scene synopsis of this is summed up exactly thusly. It's not you. It's me. Now, are you ready for the extended scene synopsis, Rex? Before you get into that, I do want to make a point to say that I have a quote of the day in this scene. Okay. Go and for it. All it is, Buffy asks asks Angel what's wrong, and he's like, it's nothing. And her reply is, no, you have something face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I liked the delivery. I liked the wording. You have something face. I enjoyed that, too. Dig this. Dig this. Sorry, you have to wait. Fire beheading. Hurry up, sweet dreams. Sunlight. Hurry up, sweet dreams. And water. Usual. But yes, please, is it time for another dramatic reading? Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you're ready for me to absolutely fucking ruin a perfectly good, super duper heartfelt, emotionally traumatic moment with some half-cock silly voices (laughs) because you all know it's time for a dramatic reading of Buffy and Angel's breakup. This might be the very last dramatic reading that we get to do. I think you should find, like, some very soap opera-y organ music to play right after you say dramatic reading. (laughs) Yes. Okay. I'll see what I can do. All right. Continue. (sighs) Now. With the dramatic reading. I must get into character. (laughs) I somehow... I just got it. (laughs) I just got into Soviet Russia trying to get into character. That's how... That's how far this You went way me. too far. Back, Wait, back, coming back, just a little bit. Back, coming back, coming back, coming back. Going to a very <laughs> dark place. Angel says, I think we need to talk, but not now, and not here. No, no! If you have something to say, then say it! Drop the cryptic, you're scaring me! I've been thinking about our future... And the more I do, the more I feel like us, you, and me being together is unfair to you. Is this about what the mayor said? Because he was just trying to shake us up. He was right. No, no, he wasn't. He's the bad guy. You deserve more a normal life. I'll never have a normal life! You should have a real relationship instead of this, this freak show. I'm just some swoony little schoolgirl, right? I'm trying to think with my head instead of my heart. Heart? You have a heart? It isn't even beating! Don't. Don't what? Don't love you? 
I'm sorry. I want my life to be with you. I don't. You don't want to be with me? I can't believe you're breaking up with me. <laughs> I'm leaving after the ascension. Where? I don't know. <laughs> Is this really happening? <laughs> well, Buffy, I, I hate to break it to you, but yes. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked me that question. And the answer is... <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah. They break up. So, Buffy and Willow are in Buffy's room. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Buffy is telling Willow all the shit that's going on. And Willow, being trying to be a good friend, calls Angel a big dumb jerk person. <laughs> the thing is, though... Willow is really trying to do her job as the BFF to vilify Angel. Yeah. But Buffy's actually kind of taking this fairly well because she understands that Angel is right to leave. Logically, I mean, I feel like this is how a lot of breakups go. Like, logically, she knows that this is really for the best and that the mayor was fucking right. Yeah. And they had no future. And she knows that Angel fucking loves her a lot and that she loves him, but it just can't fucking be. Yeah. But emotionally, it's exactly the emotionally, opposite. Emotionally, she's still a fucking girl. Oh my God, rephrase that. She's a teenager. She's still emotionally immature. She can't, no matter how logical you want the situation to be, she's still going to process this like a teenager. So you're saying emotionally she's still a child. Yes. Not girls have bad emotions that need to be. She's emotionally a girl, not emotionally a woman. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's really her first break. Well, I mean, if you count Scott, nobody counts Scott. No one counts Scott. Fuck Scott, or rather don't. I was actually really disappointed that they didn't take the step of the moment when Buffy just starts crying and Willow's holding her, trying to console her. They should have panned the camera to the hallway and you saw Joyce listening to this and expressing some sort of fucking remorse. Remorse? Like, yes, obviously, it is the right move. But you as a parent, should feel shitty about having to make this choice. But it was already something that Angel was obviously already thinking, and she only sped up the process. For once, I really don't blame Joyce that much. I don't blame Joyce either, but we don't see Joyce again in the episode. Yeah. And we don't get any sort of payoff whatsoever of Joyce's involvement in this. Yeah. And that pisses me they off. They really just used her to come in and, you know, push over the angel domino to be like, hey, we got we got spinoffs to make. All right. Yeah. Let's get to work. And also, there was plenty of extra time that they could have cut out of other scenes in this episode to add five to ten seconds of a reaction from Joyce. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Just to wrap up that scene in a nice little bow. She breaks down horribly, and God damn it, Sarah Michelle Gellar, you're way too good at crying. I may really fucking is. I definitely teared up a bit for her in this moment. Um, yeah, 
But anyway, moving along. So we cut back to the creepy house where the goblin thing is going nuts and escapes out of the cage. That's it. Moving on to the next scene. Oh, yeah. I missed that scene entirely. (laughs) So now we're at the clothing store where the jig is up. Xander shows up and discovers that Cordy actually works here. Oh, no. And she, we learn that apparently Cordy's dad has not paid any taxes to the government for a very long time. And they took everything. Yeah. Apparently, now she's carless, phoneless, homeless, but she's working part-time to save up for a dress. Can you say first world problems? Like, okay, carless and phoneless. You know what? You're still in high school. Single tier. Yeah. Homeless. Obviously, you're not too homeless because you're still worried about a dress. Just first world problems. This whole scene just screams first world problems to me. I I have a question for you. As a kid, were you ever confused by the whole premise? The idea of all your shit being repossessed? My misunderstanding was that if you had money and you all of a sudden didn't have money, like everyone could just come and take your shit. I don't recall thinking about it much at all, but I can see how that could be confusing to a kid, especially a kid who's grown up uh, not rich. Your shit doesn't get repossessed if it's purchased secondhand. (laughs) Right. Also, I mean, they can't really repossess a cell phone or nobody would bother. Right. So, but if you can't afford to pay for the service, then yeah. Keep in mind, when Cordy mentions a phone here, she means a landline. I'm pretty sure she meant cell phone. This is 98. Cell phones weren't really portable yet. Oh, yeah, they were. There were cell phones in the early 90s. They were just huge. I think we've seen her with a cell phone at this point. Hold on. I'm going to look up when the Nokia cell phone. Ah, fuck. You're right. <laughs> The famous, like, indestructible fucking Nokia cell phone was introduced on in April 1998. <laughs> indestructible? Uh, yeah, the, the one that everyone's like, oh, this phone was indestructible. That Oh, that yeah. Okay. Classic Nokia cell phone. Yeah. Yeah, no, because I remember my mom, like, forcing me to take her cell phone with me when I was going to be out late and then she would inevitably call it while I'm out having fun with my friends. I'm like, no, I don't want to take the fucking cell phone because it's just an electronic leash for you. God, I didn't I didn't get a cell phone or really even handle a cell phone till like 2005. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> so we're in the clothing store with Cordelia and she's arguing with Xander. Basically, she's just being all, um, are you happy? Does it make you happy to know that I'm fucking broke? And a name tag person. She is a name tag person. Yeah, I don't know. She's really got something against fucking <laughs> name tags here. Um, <laughs> so this reminds me of an excellent Jeff Foxworthy joke that I just want to share really quick because Jeff Foxworthy has a bad name kind of a bad rap now like you either love him or you hate him and i find that more people are annoyed with him than anything these days but i fucking loved jeff jeff foxworthy in the 90s and uh his joke was basically this 
So everyone always thinks their kids are so damn smart. Like you go over to Jerry's house and, and his kid's standing out in the yard and he's going looking up at the sky going, airplane, airplane. And they're like, ah, oh, he's so smart, isn't he? And I'm like, well, hell, he's 14 years old. I don't want to break your heart, but that kid's going to have a job with his name on his shirt. <laughs> and that always stuck with me. But that is like literally the only argument against having a name on your shirt and being ashamed of it that I can think of. I mean, for fuck's sake, I wear a name tag at work. And you know what? It fucking comes in handy. <laughs> yeah. So many people are like, what is your name? Oh, my name's Rex. Oh, did you say Rick? And I point to the fucking name tag and say, no, R-E-X. Rex. I-N-A-U-L-D. Rexanold. No, it's just Rex. It's short for Rexanold. No, it isn't. It's short for nothing. (laughs) Fine. Anyway, just as Cordy is finishing up her rant, the goblin thing, Kool-Aid man's right through the window. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he sure does. Yeah. Bam. Devil Dog um, fucks right up into the store and uh, goes straight for this other random dude in a tux. Well, first, Xander immediately pushes Cordy out of the way and charges at the goblin thing. Oh, good for him. Uh, the goblin thing tackles him to the ground and before doing anything, notices the dude in the tux and then mauls him. Mauls him a bit. And then we hear the screeching sound. And Devil Dog runs away, and we see some dude with a fucking remote control pointing it at the Devil Dog. Like, hide behind a bush or something, you dumbass. Right? <laughs> like, he's just fucking standing there in plain sight. I mean, to be fair, I almost didn't notice him. Right. Because the remote control is not the point of focus. No, it isn't. It isn't. But it's like, you don't think for a second that a retail store has fucking security cameras? Yeah, that's definitely where he Mm. fucked up there. Because in the next scene at the library, the Scoobies are watching the security footage. And again, as we pointed out that one time when Buffy and Faith were running around in the mayor's office, they do the security footage correctly yes like they had other cameras doing the security footage shots while they were filming the scene so that they just static shots so that they have stationary shots of the same thing happening one of my biggest pet peeves when when shows can't fucking do that right is when they just make black and white cuts of the exact footage of the scene and like, pretend. oh my god the security camera can fucking move forward on a dolly yeah and it can get excellent <laughs> close-ups it's really nice cordy actually points out that the goblin thing targeted the formal wear yeah and it's just like oh you would think that cordelia so wes informs everybody that that is in fact a hellhound and at this point, I was already calling it a devil dog in my notes, so I was really happy about that. I had goblin thing. Ah, yeah. I'm disappointed well. that that didn't pan out. <laughs> Wes kind of randomly is like, uh, uh, Xander, what were you doing with Cody anyway? And it's like, really? Are you already getting... I, I really think that his motivation for asking that was, what the hell are you doing with my woman? You get away from my woman. I don't right? care if you're both in high school and I'm a 35-year-old <laughs> man. You will get away from my woman. 
I don't think he's supposed to be 35. No, he's probably supposed to be in his late 20s. But I think the actor was probably 35. I kind of want to look that up now. Yeah, we should probably look that up at some point. Um, you Or are you going to look that uh, up right I'm now? I'm going to look it up now. Okay. Fuck it. Anyway, while you're looking that up, so Xander's like, Xander immediately explains and covers for Cordelia. He says, oh, well, she was burning a hole in daddy's wallet as usual. I just bumped into her during my tuxedo hunt. So that's actually really cool of him. Yeah. To cover up for Cordelia because he knows that she doesn't want people to know that she's broke now. And like he does not owe her that even a little bit. Yes, it's time to listen. The good guys are always stalwarts and true. The bad guys are easily distinguished by their pointy horns or black hats. And, uh, we always defeat them and save the day. No one ever dies and everybody lives happily ever after. Liar. The actor, when he first appears on camera, is 33. Ha <laughs> ha. So, yeah, he is in his early 30s. Bam. So they're watching this video and Cordy tells them to zoom in. And I just think this is <laughs> hilarious because they take this moment to call out all the shitty procedural crime dramas on being really unrealistic technologically. Just the same as we did talking about the security footage. So Cordelia's like, look, right there, zoom in on that. Xander's like, it's a videotape. She says, so? They do it on television all the time. Xander says, not with a regular VCR, they don't. Which, VCRs are so dated at this point. Like, there's people that exist who never had to use a VCR. That's how old they are at this point. They're probably not listening to our podcast because, you know, 90s show. You know, until there's a remake of Buffy. (laughs) Right. In which case, we'll be there also commentating on that. Just for shits and giggles at this point. But we get a great payoff with that line where Oz is like, all right, pause it real quick. Go rewind. Go back. After Oz says that, he's like, look, I just said this and pauses. Oh, wait, VCRs can do that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they figure out who the dude was with the remote control. His name is Tucker Wells. Wesley's like, let me guess. He was quiet, kept to himself, but always seemed like a nice young man. And, you know, I do the, the obnoxious Wesley voice, but Wesley actually really kind of is taking a back seat this episode. Um, like they're really toning down. He really his, is. They're really toning down his bullshit a notch for a change since he's come onto the show. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's kind of fun that he's actually kind of starting to become part of the crew. Kind of. Yeah. Like he's clearly just gearing up to move with Angel and Cordy, but you know, uh, whatever. So Xander, Makes a quick call out to Buffy being really quiet and withdrawn. Yeah, because she's been kind of out of it this whole scene. Yeah, because she hasn't told anybody about um, the breakup except for Willow, I think. Right. And uh, and Willow, being the awesome BFF that she is, has told nobody. Yes. So Willow's hacking into Tucker's email, and they find out that he's planning on fucking up the prom. Yep, he threatened the big night. Oh, no. And this, this is when they're like, holy shit, he trained him to attack formal wear. <laughs> and Cordelia's like, hey, way to catch up with the class, assholes. This kind of knocks the gunk out of the pipes for Buffy. She's like, oh, motherfuckers, hell no. Before before uh, that, what? before that, we get uh, one of my quotes of the day from Oz. He says, 
Once again, the Hellmouth puts the special in special occasion. <laughs> uh, I don't know why, but that just made me really want a Big Mac. Special sauce? Yeah, that's probably why. It's not the Whopper that has the special sauce? No, it's the Big, it's Big Mac. Big Mac? Yeah. I mean, Burger mm. King also technically calls it special sauce. We all know it's just ketchup and mayo. Right. Yeah. You know, instead of Thousand Island, because that's not just ketchup and mayo. <laughs> with something orange in it. Anyway, Buffy says, no, you guys are going to have a prom. The kind of prom that everyone should have. I'm going to give you all a nice, fun, normal evening if I have to kill every single person on the face of the earth to do it. And Xander replies, yay? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, everybody's like, okay, I'll have a great time, I swear. <laughs> and, and then Buffy takes command and divvies up the jobs. Everyone's got a job now. Yeah. And they're going to go do their jobs. Isn't that what makes people happy? Yeah. Work, jobs, laboring, exactly. toiling away with things that aren't directly improving your lives, but... I mean, to be fair, all the Scoobies are doing things that do directly improve their lives. They're killing demons and shit. Yeah, I'm talking about, like, factory work here, though. I'm being positive, and we're talking about this show and the Scoobies in general. They like their jobs. I'm being negative because yin and yang or something. Right. So just real quick, Buffy sends off Wes and Cordy to check Tucker's house. She sends Oz and Willow to interrogate Tucker's friend David. She sends Xander to the magic shop to see if anybody's been buying Hellhound supplies. And she decides to go check the butcher shop for brains sales, which yeah. is kind of exactly the same thing that Xander's checking on, just at a different location. Hey, Xander, uh, I'm going to set this wild goose loose, and I think it would be very productive if you were to chase it uh, for the duration of the episode, if you don't mind. <laughs> Gosh, Giles, when you say it in a British accent, it makes me want to do anything. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're at the meatpacking plant where Buffy gets all the information from this dude who has no issue telling all sorts of information about clients at the meatpacking plant to a fucking high school girl. Right? Yeah, this guy had way too much information readily available. But the moment turns where Buffy does get the information of where the brains are going and has an address, she runs into Angel. You can take the girl out of Broody Land, but you can't take the Broody Land out of the girl. That's how that works. <laughs> And now we know where Angel gets his blood. Broody Land. I mean, the, the butcher. No, the, he gets the blood for Broody Land. Because, I mean, like, all the concessions in Broody Land would have to be blood, right? Welcome to Broody Land. Here, drink some blood. That's how that works. Huh? <laughs> you only get to drink the blood if you can feel properly sad about it. La, 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 la. <laughs> what? I'm going to give you a chocolate hurricane. <laughs> There's a deep pull. Yeah. <laughs> Shit, that was first season. Yeah, it was. 
Yeah, go back and listen to our Chocolate Hurricane episode, first season. Yeah, that was the title of an episode right there, yeah. everybody. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Do you have anything to say about the conversation between Buffy and Angel? I didn't. Essentially, it goes, hey, what are you doing here? Hello to you, too. Sorry, I'm just surprised. Me, too. I don't know why, though. Um, where did I think you were going to get your blood from? McPlasmas? That's why I wanted a Big Mac. Oh. oh. No, it was the special sauce thing, but that's fun as well. Anyway, Angel's all like, you still going to the prom? She's like, yep. He's like, okay, let me know if you need. And she's like, yeah, fuck off. So now we cut to the dress shop. Yep. Where someone's paid for Cordelia's dress. Yeah. Who could it possibly be, Rex? I haven't got a clue. Me either. I think it's Xander, though. It's probably Xander. It's probably Xander. They say young people don't learn anything in high school nowadays, but um, I've learned to be afraid. So what was the uh, story about that alligator? And then real quick, cut back to the library where... Nobody has found any information, and they decided to not show us how no one found any information. So my quick synopsis of the scene is Buffy's like, everybody go to the prom, and everybody's like, but, and she's like, I said get the fuck out, and everybody else is like, squeak, and <laughs> Giles is like, uh, Angel, and Buffy's like, yep. Um, He does have a pretty solid line here. He says, I don't, I don't know what to say. I understand that this sort of thing requires ice cream of some kind. Ha <laughs> ha. No, you're thinking Willow, but, you know, I mean, Giles was thinking Willow. Oh, okay. I was like, Willow no, I'm, I'm pretty sure I read the right line. <laughs> <laughs> and then Buffy's exit line is, great thing about being a slayer is kicking ass is comfort food. And yeah, I do, I do like that line. Fun, fun, fun. Everybody's having having fun, fun, fun. Yeah. So, at the prom where Anya... Duh, prom. Duh, prom. Because we didn't get the bronze, and I thought You're it was right. at the bronze, but then it wasn't. It's in yeah, the gym. That, that did surprise me a little. So we're at duh, prom. Duh, prom. Duh, prom. Where Anya is disturbing the fuck out of Xander. Oh my God, I love it though. <laughs> I love it, I love it, I love it. The deer in headlights look that Xander has (laughs) while they're walking around the prom is fucking priceless. Well, she's fucking talking about, like, exploding heads with bubonic plague shit. Because she's talking about all these wishes that she's granted (laughs) over the centuries. I'm sorry. I think I would want to hear those stories. I would, too. (laughs) I don't think it's that Xander couldn't. I think he was just surprised. It's not that he wasn't enjoying it. Otherwise, you know, he didn't run. He could have run. Yeah. He didn't run. She's pretty attractive, though. And we've already learned <laughs> that Xander's options are null and void. So, I mean... Also, like, she knows everything and more that the Scooby gang knows. And she's talking to Xander. She's pretty much one of the group by, you know, de facto here. Is female? Talks to him. Xander's type. Yeah. Cut to seeing Wesley there hanging out with Giles. Yeah. So we already have this theme of immortals essentially dating babies. So I guess it should seem harmless in comparison to continue to normalize a faculty member being openly attracted to a student. I will say this, though. She looks like her actual age, which is a 20 something. Yeah. 
she is glamorously pretty in this dress. She knows how to pick a dress. Yeah. Say what you want about Cordelia. <laughs> but Wesley is like eating some of the food and sees her across the way and chokes on the food. And he's like, <coughs> very hot sauce. <laughs> very hot. Yeah. He's like, wow, that's, that's very subtle. Party, 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 party. Oz and Willow come in. Oz isn't the least bit worried about the party because he has total faith that Buffy's going to come through and stop the Hellhounds. He's not even slightly miffed. He is unmiffable. And uh, Willow turns on a proverbial fucking dime to the punch bowl when he's like, what, you don't have faith in Buffy? Right. So they're having a good time. Yeah. And cut back to Xander and Anya, where Xander is super happy to see Cordy and Wesley. <laughs> and Cordy and Xander share a moment. Yeah. And we get it established, as we already had guessed, that Xander purchased the dress for Cordy. Mm-hmm. I'm a little confused as to where the fuck he could have possibly gotten the money for it, but hey. So I noticed this going around Twitter like only an hour or two after I finished watching this episode, but somebody clipped together a screenshot of Xander and Cordelia, the Xander caption being his line, hey, you look really great in that dress or something. And her line is, well, duh. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a quote that was in this episode that I saw on social media. So that's relevant, right? Yeah, it's we're, totally relevant. We're here to say relevant things to you. And that is one of our relevant things of today. Like our Scooby-Doo jokes and our Kool-Aid man jokes. Yeah. And our talking <laughs> about old cell phone. We're nothing if not culturally relevant, right? Um, we're um, not very relevant, Josh. What are we going to do? You're relevant to me, Rex. Well, thank you for that. <laughs> uh, that's just, and, that's really just where the joke was. Yeah, and that's about how Cordy thanks Xander for the dress. <laughs> yeah, that, to tie it all back in. Look at that! Hey, Us being professional, full circle. <laughs> Wee! She thanks Xander for the compliment, and she adds a little emphasis in the right ways to show Xander that she knows he bought the dress and she is grateful, and he says you're welcome. Yeah, the subtlety and the sarcasm was epic. Yeah. Absolutely epic. Cut to the Hellhound house. Yeah, where we find out there's actually four devil dogs. Yeah. And Buffy does a, a pretty quick bang-up job of fucking this dude up and figuring out his plan. And then apparently just hog-tying him and leaving him to die. First off, the fact that he even attempted to fight her was fucking hilarious. <laughs> but second off, his entire fucking motive for this is just because nobody would say yes to going to the prom with him. Which, as Buffy pointed out, like, without even knowing that, she was just like, yeah, whatever pathetic motivation you have, which is just the writers saying... Yeah, we really just needed something to throw into the episode to be supernatural for her to fight. Yeah. <laughs> I like 
she calls him an incompetent maladjust. Yeah, that was a good insult. I like that phrase. Yeah, I want to throw that on a list of Shakespearean insults. Just because Shakespeare didn't write it doesn't mean he wouldn't like it. Exactly. So yeah, Buffy ties him up and discovers that there's three more hellhounds, and they're already on the way to prom. Yeah. We should figure out what kind of deal this is. I mean, is it a gathering, a shindig, or a hootenanny? Well, gathering is brief song stylings shindig dip less mellow song stylings perhaps a large amount of malt beverage and hoot nanny well, chock full of hoot just a little bit of nanny cut to the school where she immediately kills one she <laughs> she shoots one with an arrow so one down yep. cool and then two of them uh she tries to lure them away by getting them to chase her but they don't take the bait yeah they they hear some shitty music and they have to run back towards the gym because they've been trained so well to want to fuck up parties with shitty music yep. and people in formal wear and they fight uh she ends up stabbing one and then snapping the neck of the other one yeah i didn't see where the knife came from that she stabbed the one I didn't with either like it must have been on the table that they were going to use for a cake or something, or she just... It looked like it was an accident. She looked surprised. Right. Like it fell out of her coat and four inches into its chest. Accidentally. Yeah. And honestly, the killing these three hellhounds, super fucking cake for her. Like, it turns she out. barely breaks a damn sweat. Seriously. So she's got two down now, and some... Jagoff comes through the double doors and sees her breaking the third's neck and there's like a uh, uh, bathroom yeah i'm sorry was th there weren't bathrooms accessible from the main dance floor also he obviously is from a different school because he doesn't fucking know where the bathroom yeah, is. yeah how do you not know where the damn bathrooms are in your own fucking school uh, but you know they do allow people in from other schools for yeah. that kind of stuff like, a girl that I took to the prom was from another school. Turned out she was just using me to go to a prom because she wanted to. Because I didn't ask Ouch. her. She asked me to go to my prom as my date and then wouldn't dance with me. Ouch. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Like, Good thing I didn't actually give a fuck about the prom, but that still stung a little. I actually went to prom with my high school crush. It evens out because I went to two proms. I went to junior prom and senior prom. Oh, I didn't go to junior prom. And I don't even know if my school had a junior prom. I think it was junior. One of those proms. I can't remember which happened first. I went with a girl that I knew had a big crush on me, but I did not Ooh. reciprocate. Oh, that's that's uncomfortable. Yeah. That's uncomfortable for both in that situation. Yeah. So, I don't know. High school. It's all fucked up. That's the tagline. High school. It's all fucked up. Damn right. <laughs> so Buffy drags the bodies outside and then pulls her dress out of a bag and it's not wrinkled at all. Oh, yeah. you're. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. <laughs> and then we cut back to the prom where Buffy is happy to see everyone partying and everyone's partying. Hey, it's a party. party Everybody's party, party. Having, having fun, fun, fun. Cut to the award ceremony. Where Xander doesn't win, doesn't win class clown of the year. Yeah, he should get the professionally butthurt award. Of he the really year. should. No, the guy who wins it is a prop class clown, and as Xander points out, <laughs> you know, 
you can't compete with a prop class clown, but anyone can be a prop class clown. Yeah. And you know he's not wrong. Also, that's just like way too literal of an interpretation of class clown. Yeah. Class clown is actually supposed to mean like the kid that managed to be the most endearing about completely disrupting class time for the entirety of your four years in high school. Exactly. And everyone thinks that the awards are done, but the awards are not done, Josh. They're not done at all. No, sir, they are not. Are you ready to tear up? I mean, my emotions have been brick walls for years, but you give it a shot. So Jonathan steps up to the microphone. Jonathan? Not Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan. And it's so fucking appropriate to me that it's Jonathan that reads this. Because obviously he is the most recent person that we know would not be here if it weren't for Buffy. So his speech is... And I quote is, we're not good friends. Most of us never found the time to get to know you, but that doesn't mean we haven't noticed you. We don't talk about it much, but it's no secret that Sunnydale High isn't really like other high schools. A lot of weird stuff happens here. And the crowd yells out, zombies, hyena people. And someone real cheeky goes, Snyder. Hell. <laughs> but whenever there was a problem, or something creepy happened, you seem to show up and stop it. Most of the people here have been saved by you, or helped by you, at one time or another. We're proud to say that the class of 99 has the lowest mortality rate of any graduating class in Sunnydale history. And we know at least part of that is because of you. So the senior class offers its thanks and gives you this. It's from all of us, and it has written here, Buffy Summers, Class Protector. And it's a cute fucking little umbrella award with a plaque. Yeah, that was super nice. So yeah, it's a cute little glittery umbrella. Symbolical and shit. And she's <laughs> going to have glitter in her poop for like the rest of her life now. Once you have something glittery in your personal possession, you never get glitter out of your... Th- everything you, you know what you call glitter right? ever again what do i call glitter rex craft herpes once you have it you can't get rid of it yeah in every single glitter forever every single live theater stage on the planet has glitter herpes or craft herpes or what'd you call it craft herpes craft herpes yeah there's a friend of mine with the exception of twice anytime i have hugged this person they had glitter all over them. <laughs> well, I suppose that's that's one good way to handle it is you turn it into a personal choice instead of a disease <laughs> or, a, or a defect. Right. So now we get one of uh, my favorite quotes of the day because Wesley. <laughs> Hold on. I got to mentally prepare for this because it's so good. <laughs> Continue. So Wesley's. <laughs> sits down and talks to Giles and he says, Mr. Giles, I'd like your opinion. <laughs> While the last thing I want to do is model bad behavior in front of impressionable youth, I wonder if asking Miss Chase to dance would... Oh, for God's sakes, man, she's 18 and you have the emotional maturity of a blueberry scone. <laughs> Just have at it, would you, and stop <laughs> fluttering about. 
Oh my god, it is... Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was going to be like, for fuck's sake, she's 18, you sick pedophile fucking reject of a bastard. And he's like, no, she's 18, that means she's legal. <laughs> she's not even ne- nearly legal. How can you be nearly legal? No, she's legal. Remember when the fucking... The, the Olsen sisters turned 18 and the vaguely it was everybody was being such a disgusting pig about it. They're like everybody was openly walking around going, hey, the Olsen twins turn 18 tomorrow. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> so you being a 30 to 40 year old man who works, you know, not anywhere near them. What's yeah, your what's your end game fucking here? Disturbing. My sister had a short online fling with some jackhole. She was sixteen and he was twenty two. Mm. And the number one thing I said to her, and I believe this to my fucking core, there is no. 22-year-old in their right mind with good intentions who wants fucking anything to do with a fucking 16-year-old child. Yeah. When I was 22, the last thing I wanted to be around was a fucking high schooler. Yeah. You know how when you get into your 30s, you're like, man, I still feel like I'm 20. And then you hang out with 20-year-olds and you're like, no, I'm 30. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Angel shows up, and uh, my God, they'll just let anybody into these things, won't they? I'm really disappointed. I'm disappointed they didn't go for the right joke. And the joke was, he should have walked up and looked at her and made deep, lasting eye contact and said, Buffy, there's a problem. <laughs> oh, that would have been amazing. It really would have. <laughs> and it could have just been a joke that he was making, and it would have paid off <laughs> three seasons of it. Oh, man. But he never really says verbatim, Buffy, there's a problem. That's just I know, that's but a joke he, that we kind of came up with. He could have said something along those lines, and it would have been fucking perfect. Yeah. Anyway, so they have a big heartfelt slow dance moment and he makes sure to specify he's like this doesn't mean we're like back together or anything you know it's just for night she's like oh that's fine and i was like uh this is uncomfortable yeah a little bit but a little bit but they all seem to be having a good time i mean if my fresh breakup ex had showed up to a dance that was really important for me i probably would not have been happy about it and like that shit fucks with the butterflies in your stomach i mean okay yes but keep in mind... And not the good butterflies. It's the, oh my god, I want to kill myself butterflies. Yes, but also keep in mind that she does understand that their breaking up is the right choice. Right, but emotions are still a factor. Anyway, the it's neither here nor there. They had a good time and it was it was heartwarming. Party, and, party, party! And good for them. Gerarg. Ger fucking arg. Thanks, B. 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 Th
how'd you feel about this episode, Rex? I fucking loved this episode. Dude, I teared up at least three or four times. Three or four, huh? Yeah. Shit. I only teared up maybe twice. I guess that means I'm more dead inside than you. I mean... Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, that that tracks. Sure. No, I, I thought this episode was fantastic on multiple levels. One, there's some closure with the Cordy and Xander relationship. Yeah. And it's done very subtly. Mm-hmm. There is a, a an ending to the relationship between Buffy and Angel. And there's still probably going to be some backlash for that. But it's at least starting the end of the relationship. Wesley wasn't nearly as fucking whiny for once. I know, And I didn't hate him in this. Yeah. It showed, one, Buffy took fucking command. Buffy handled the fucking problem with ease, the way a Slayer should. And you know what? She got fucking recognition that she really should have gotten. Mm -hmm. And... Oh, yeah. It is a big, important deal, I think, for her character growth... For the entirety of the class of people in Sunnydale to go, weird shit happens here. We don't understand it, but we know that you have fucking saved our lives. And God, that feels so fucking earned. Mm-hmm. So fucking worth it. Yeah, I fucking loved this episode. Did you love this episode? You better have fucking loved this episode. Hey, don't peer pressure's not cool, man. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure, but you better have fucking loved this episode. <laughs> I liked it so much, Rex. <laughs> Don't hurt me again. No, but I did I did very much enjoy this episode. Um really for pretty much all the same reasons that you said. No, I really loved like it was hokey as fuck, but it still was just deeply satisfying. Uh, way up in the butthole, Morty. No, no, not, not like that. I'm sorry. I just like saying that. Um, but deeply satisfying for Buffy to get that recognition and that yeah, and a little bit of craft herpes for the rest of her life. That's gonna be with her for the rest of her life. Like literally, man. <laughs> <laughs> and even though I joke about the breakup being just a plot device so that they could give angel his own spinoff it was still just necessary yeah like there was nowhere else to go with their relationship at this point what were they gonna do turn buffy into a vampire no find a way to turn him into a human bullshit that's just now we're now we're reaching there was nowhere else to go and they had to do it i thought the only thing that it was missing was, like you said, a reaction um, from, like, a little more plot on the Joyce side. Yeah. Since she was the one that catalyzed this event. But other than that, fucking well done. I also do want to point out, because we did make plenty of jokes, especially with the dramatic reading and everything, (laughs) but David Boreanaz and Sarah Michelle Gellar's acting through the scenes that they had where during the breakup and everything fucking stellar stellar performances i dare say all joking aside 
Those two are fucking talented. Yeah, they are. It's such a great cast. I mean, I've been watching Charmed, and it sure is charming, but Jesus, where do you get these actors? Like, there's exactly three talented people on the show, and they're the main characters. Everybody else is just like, they picked them from a modeling catalog at random with a dart. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, I hate it when shows cast for pretty. It's that's literally how they cast the whole damn show, except for the three main characters and maybe Andy. But I think Andy. Anyway, this is not a charmed. Yeah, it's podcast. not a charmed podcast. What's your quote of the day? My quote of the day, Rex. I'm just uh, I, I have to go with for God's sakes, man. She's 18 <laughs> and you have the emotional maturity of a blueberry scone. Just have at it. Would you and stop fluttering about that's the only possible quote of the day. <laughs> because that's also my quote of the day. Was it? All right. Well, I I had one. No, uh, just let us pick the the same quote of the I day, man. It's pick too the same good. It, it's too good. It was good, but there's other ones. Oh, fine. What's your other quote of the day? Okay. So my other quote of the day is... Um, me too. I don't know why, though. Where did I think you get your blood, McPlasmas? Hey-oh. <laughs> That's a good line. Yeah. I mean, it's a distant second. Not a great episode for quotes. Damn good episode. Not a good episode for Just quotes. So my quote of the day... You already did quote it. Yeah, I know. Oh, there's the, there's the pink taffeta as Chanel would not go with my complexion quote. That, that was also a Giles quote, though. Anyway, I'm over it. So this has been Beer with Buffy. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. You can always like us on Facebook. Please, 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 if you can, do review us on iTunes. If you want, we've got stuff you can buy. We've got mugs. We've got t-shirts. We've got stickers. I feel like there's something else. But you'll find out when you go to store.beerwithbuffy.com. Likewise, if you feel like you want to support us financially just for doing what we're doing, head on over to patreon.beerwithbuffy.com. If you ever have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can always email us at beerwithbuffy at gmail.com. If you feel like calling us and leaving a voicemail, a silly one or a serious one, either way, we like both. Or you can text us all at this same number, 269-743-0783. As per usual, thank you very much to Benjamin Alexander and Reggie Page for all of our opening, closing, and transitional music. This has been Beer with Buffy. I'm Josh. I'm Rex. Have a good night. Broody land, broody land, let's all go to broody land. Where they don't have craft turkeys. Beep! Instead of which you enslave yourself to this, this cult. You don't like the color? <laughs>
Everything you've ever dreaded was under your bed, but told yourself couldn't be by the light of day. One girl in all the world. Common sense. One girl in all the world. Common sense. Sense. All the world. Was a bit um, British, wasn't it? Wait, what have we done? Why are we watching this? <laughs>